All right, let's dive into another big topic today, and that is big banks and the idea of what's been happening in the big banking industry. And part of this is possibly the biggest fraud ever committed in the entire financial system. That includes fiat, crypto, all of them compiled doesn't match up to what I'm going to show you today about maybe one of your, your most favorite banks out there, and that's Wells Fargo. Let's dive in deep. My name is Paul Barron. Welcome back into TechPath. Let's get into it. I want to thank our sponsor today. That is, of course, Trezor. Take a look at self-custody of your tokens. When it comes to crypto, hardware self-custody wallets are the only way to go. I personally use one of these. I do like the Trezor option. There are some lower cost options. If you want to go in, you can get the Trezor Model 1, or you can go in and grab that Trezor Model T, which is the one that has the big screen. I like that. Also, they do have their whole uh, aspect of the Trezor Suite app, so you can utilize that for on the PC itself or on the Mac, uh, and really take a look at using uh, these types of tool sets. One of the biggest things I talk about all the time is self-custody. It's the only way to go. So do that. It's your first step into crypto if you're new here. Let's get into it today. Um, and by the way, use our link down below. It does help us out. So let's get into the first news, which was the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, basically ordered Wells Fargo to pay $3.7 billion for this whole mismanagement of auto loans, mortgages, deposit accounts. All of this has been going on for quite some time. There's a lot here that lines up. And when you start to look at the history of some of these big banks, you start to step back and go, wait a minute, this, this thing with... FTX may not be anything compared to what we've seen in the banking industry. So you have to understand the market, when you look at fintech and where we're going right now with the current financial system and what we're trying to do from the aspect of crypto, Bitcoin, et cetera, it really is addressing a lot of these bigger challenges. And I think that is the thing that we have to be looking at and really understand why is it that they're still continuing to put pressure on crypto. All right, so further in this story here, you've got everything they did wrong. So repossessing vehicles, uh, bungled borrow accounts, the improperly denied mortgage modifications, illegally charged surprise overdraft fees, and then unlawfully froze consumer accounts and misrepresented fee waivers. So, I mean, I don't know, but I feel like all the banks do this to us all the time. So uh, the fact that they just got caught and paid a three and a half billion dollar fine is um, maybe insignificant when you look at the overall size of it. Let's take a look at the violation tracker here that breaks down, uh, this is penalties since 2000, and this is for Wells Fargo right there. And you can kind of see, look at this, penalties since 2000, 22 billion in penalties. 229 records of offenses in, in here. And it breaks all the different scenarios right here. How do these companies get by with all of this and still maintain the ability to be in business is the question I have. There's a lot here when you look at some of the tweets out there. Wells Fargo penalties, 3.7 bill in 2022 uh, for consumer abuses, 3 billion in 2020, that was for fraud, 2 billion in 2018 for toxic securities, another 2 billion in 2013 for banking violations, and then all the way back to 2012, 2012, 5.3 billion for mortgage abuses. So again, I guess it's cheaper to do all these bad things to your customer than it is to pay the penalties, but how are they able to still stay in business? I think that's the question that is the mastery 
behind what didn't work for FTX because they just weren't sophisticated enough to be able to run these kind of scams and be able to pull it off. Uh, here's Bitcoin Magazine, total Wells Fargo penalties since 2012, uh, $22 billion. Again, this is, uh, yeah, not the banks are the problem. And this, this, again, continues to just prove where this may flow into the longer-looking horizon around why Bitcoin and crypto are being pressed on so heavily from the banking industry. Now we understand this is pretty much a cash cow for them the opportunity for them to be able to dive in the existing ecosystem and really manipulate and abuse it is easy, seems to be, uh, in the sense that they're okay with paying these kinds of fines and moving on. Here's the violation tracker for the industry. This is looking at all banks. So uh, financial services, again, since 2000, 343 billion, look at that. 7,000 different instances in which fraud or these malicious acts took. Look at the lineup of the top 10 companies that are involved in this and their current and their current penalty. All right. Those are billions. You got Bank of America, JP Morgan, Citigroup, Wells Fargo, Doce, UBS, Goldman. I mean, this is insane. How does this work? I was surprised when we saw this research. When we saw this come together, you you kind of always think that, yeah, it's it's bad in traditional finance, but I don't I didn't realize it was this bad. These are the kind of things that are happening on an ongoing basis all the time and have been since the modern banking rules have been put in place all the way back into 2020 and beyond. Uh, if you look at what Eric Voorhees says, and we've had Eric on the show, and let me kind of zoom up on his tweet here so you can kind of see. It's basically equivalent to about, this is the, uh, the fraud case for, you know, for Wells Fargo, the 3.7 billion that they're gonna pay. So basically it says it's equivalent to basically 500 million overdraft fees at 30 bucks each levied on poor people just to pay the fines. So basically nothing. You know, this is one of those things, doesn't even dent them, doesn't even affect them. 3.7 billion, no problems. We'll just do a few overdrafts and we're good to go. These are the kind of things right now, guys, that this is what is going to free us from these kind of systems. And that is at some point, we are going to see democratization for decentralized finance playing into this. The real question is whether or not traditional banks have the stranglehold on crypto and the regulators and the businesses around them that will continue to put a lot of pressure uh, on the market. You can just kind of see some, this was a Tableau um, chart, you know, kind of an infographic, but it just showed you the explore the age of fraud loss. This is uh, coming from the FTC sentinel network and i mean these are pretty significant numbers you can kind of see they're just blowing up in terms of the effects on all generations this is not something that is new it's been happening for a very 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 long time payment app credit cards debit card those three bubbles here's cryptocurrency website social media uh email obviously this is a big contact and then online shopping biggest area miscellaneous investments business imposters government imposters, and then the romance scams are, are the big ones. So pretty crazy stuff out here. I think as you continue to see um, more international fraud coming into it right here, online shop, this goes in and shows the, da you know, the data. And look who here is at number one uh, right here with the United States, France coming in at number two, Turkey, etc. But we lead the spot, number one. Again, a lot of it because of the affluency of the nation, uh, largest GDP, many other aspects of it around 
uh, where and why fraud uh, takes place uh, in these markets. All right, so let's jump further into uh, another big piece that plays into this is Zelle. Uh, and this again is getting back to this whole fraud uh, refund scheme where people will sell you out, they get a refund, there's a, a whole movement in that space that again, these things don't happen in blockchain. These kinds of things are resolved in peer-to-peer payments inside blockchain. But now banks might dump Zelle due to this fraud refund. So that in itself, uh, and granted, there will be, uh, there's many others out there that do this. So the question will be is how much pressure is gonna happen into that? And are they making way for FedCoin or some other digital transfer model? Maybe it's placed on blockchain, maybe it's not. As we look forward, here's Elizabeth Warren talking a little bit about this very issue. Let's listen into what she had to say. Action on the system, and you tell people that it is safe. But when someone is defrauded, you claim that's the customer's problem. We do oversight on the banking committee, so I want to know exactly how big this problem is. In July, other senators and I wrote to ask you how many fraudulent Zelle transactions your customers have reported since 2018. Only Mr. Rogers of Truist provided the data. 52,000 claims of fraud, totaling $46 million. Thank you, Mr. Rogers, for being transparent. But the rest of you stonewalled. So today I get to ask you in person, do I have any volunteers who want to go first uh, and share the numbers that I asked for in July? Or will I just pick volunteers? Okay, Mr. Diamond, you represent the largest bank here today, so let me start with you. You didn't provide any of the information that we requested in our letter, none of it. So what I want to know is, is that because you don't keep track when your customers report fraudulent Zelle transactions? Or is it because you do keep track and you know exactly how many fraudulent transactions have been reported and you want to keep that report a secret? I I deeply apologize that we didn't give you the numbers you asked for. I'm sure we responded. uh, And we pay anything that's unauthorized, we do cover. So you're really talking about authorized transactions that we have an enormous amount of systems to stop, and the amount of fraud relatively is very small for this free of charge service. I very much appreciate that you're gonna get the commercial for Zelle, but if I don't have the numbers, I don't have any way to verify that. You're gonna get them immediately, okay? You wanna give me a ballpark right now? I don't have the number in front of me. Do you know generally, this is a serious problem that's been going on in this bank. I, I will get you the number immediately. I don't don't want to make it up. Well, I don't want you to make it up either, but I don't want you to wait another two and a half months before I get to see. It's very simple I promise you by the end of the day today, you'll get it. Terrific. All right. We'll get it by the end of the day once nobody's here to talk about it. Um, How about you, Mr. Scharf? Do you have numbers? Uh, I don't hear. I apologize for not getting it to you, but we'll get it to you immediately. Does anybody here have numbers? Uh, Yes. (laughs) Mr. Cesari, good. First, I apologize that we didn't give you the numbers. We uh, transact about $1.1 billion a month, 3 million transactions, 0.07% have fraud involved. Okay, I'm sorry, but that's not the number I asked for. The number I asked for is how many 
customer fraud claims have you received? Mr. Diamond wanted to say, well, we, the bank, are going to determine what we think is a fraud claim that we think should be reimbursed. What I need to see is I need to see the number coming in on the front end, and that is how many customers held up their hand, called the bank, and said, I have a fraud complaint with Zelle. It's not hard. I presume you guys collect this information. We do. What's your number? 0 0.07 on fraud, 0 0.05 on no. customers raising their hand. How many, I'm sorry, I just need a real number. How many customer complaints have you received of fraud on the Zelle system since 2018? I don't have that number in front of me, but I will get it to you by the end of the day. Anybody else? Mr. Jim Chat? I know the percentages. Six basis points of scams and fraud. Fraud is As much less. As you define it, right? Total disputes are six basis points. You know, what troubles me here is the one person who gave us numbers, the numbers are pretty alarming. And the overall numbers are enormous. We know of at least a half a billion dollars in transactions. May not seem like a lot of money to you, but to the person who just lost $450, it's a lot of money to them. So let me ask this the other way around. This would not be the same kind of problem if the bank stood behind the product. After all, you're the ones who invented it, you're the ones who made it work, you're the ones who profit off it. And then when customers say, I've got a problem, you say, I'm only going to reimburse a narrow slice of those who hold up their hands and say that they have been defrauded on the system. But we could fix that problem right now in this committee. If you would all be willing to say, or any of you would be willing to say, if a customer is defrauded on Zelle and they come and complain to the bank, then the bank will make it good. Let's do this one by a show of hands. Who is willing to make that commitment to your customers? Senator, we are working. The owners of EWS are actually working. We are at close. Okay, so I have to kind of stop it there because I, you know, nobody kind of raised their hands. But the point being, and, you know, I'm not a big fan of, of Elizabeth Warren. Don't get me wrong here. But the point is that she's grilling these bankers and, have gone into this. Zelle has been a problem for quite some time. The fact that they are seeing this kind of fraud level at exorbitant level that is not being really credited against. Remember when you get a credit card statement uh, and it and you do have fraud activity, you're not responsible for those. Uh, and that is because of the card merchants themselves. These are not the banks doing this. But once you get into Zelle, it's a payment system within the banking ecosystem, that's a different game. This, again, starts to shine a light on one of the biggest problems that we have in traditional finance, and that has been and will always be fiat fraud. It always will be the biggest 800-pound gorilla in the marketplace. These guys don't want anybody to know about this. They don't want anybody to understand this, and they're okay with the amount of complaint because every person from customers, because every person on the planet has to have a bank account. Now, there are the unbanked, sure. And then we see a lot of these new entities starting to roll into the system where you get neobanks, et cetera, might change that for a certain extent. But this whole idea of DeFi, peer-to-peer -peer payments, blockchain, crypto in general, 
This starts to upset and upend the apple cart in the sense of where the big banks want this to go in the long term. Because at the end of the day, this is really all about small lines on a big balance sheet that make up the greater um, overall aspect of what these banks earn. So this is going to get big, guys. I think there's a lot here. Um, and then remember that uh, you still have, you know, Jamie Dimon right there. Of course, obviously, he wasn't jumping up on uh, camera there to say, hey, this is what's happening with our bank, and this is where we think we're going to do it. And yeah, we're going to make this good. But what is he saying? Well, Don't let's listen tokens, to what he says. which you call currency, like Bitcoin. They are decentralized Ponzi schemes. And, and the notion that's good for anybody is unbelievable. So we sit here in this room and talk about a lot of things, but $2 billion has been lost every year, $30 billion of ransom. So $2 billion, $2 billion. So you realize that Wells Fargo, one bank, just got, ding, $3.5 billion in fines for the amount of losses. Uh, if I go back to that overall of violation list. I think it was right here. Here's Wells Fargo. And then there was one right here. Yeah, here, let's go to JP Morgan right there. 36 billion. So again, this gets back to the whole point of of basically diffracting the evidence, diffracting away from what's happening in the traditional finance system to point at the solution that maybe solves all of that. And that is going to be decentralized finance uh, going forward. Uh, and then you got uh, things like this happening, where Coinbase, uh, their stock plummeted 10%. Again, this was based on what Wells Fargo said, that you should sell your Coinbase stock. Again, this plays into the big banks pushing into the scenario and pressure upon crypto in general. I still think that big banks will be a part of crypto as a whole. Unfortunately, it's going to be that because they won't come in or allow this to happen any other way unless they're part of it. We've already seen Fidelity move into the space. I think we'll see JP Morgan and others move into the space in a very big way um, in a very short period of time. Here's JP Morgan, Chase, Wells Fargo, now also being exposed over to FTX. So again, this to me, it just is the kettle calling the kettle black. And it's one of those scenarios when they have as much of a problem already. They're already being exposed now. And now I think because of crypto, we actually might see a lot of traditional finance exposed to the level of fraud that is actually happening out there in the marketplace. And people might be stepping back and going, wait a minute, this is not necessarily, take out the bad players over here in crypto and then we go over here and look at this list. No, this isn't a list. Let's see how many bad players are on that list that are major bad players. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven 10, 11 big major bad players at over 10. These are on penalties of over 10 billion uh, in penalties. That's the lowest margin, the top being 83 billion. So uh, I think this is a bigger uh, issue that will continue to be uh, something to watch. And again, guys, I think this boils down to one simple thing. Decentralized finance, it is the way of the future. Crypto, Bitcoin, these are the new future assets of how we'll be doing peer-to-peer -peer payments. It's just a matter of time before traditional finance starts to figure out how to get their hooks in. And when that occurs, mass adoption starts the process. Yes, there's going to be pain. Yes, there's going to be fraud. Yes, there's going to be these kind of scenarios that we're going to be facing a decade from now that are much like what we're dealing right here in the traditional finance side of things. All right, so you guys, if you're not listening in over on the podcast, 
Uh, if you are listening over on the podcast, jump over here to the YouTube channel. This is where we do a lot of the breakdowns, show you a lot of these charts, infographics, all that good stuff that you get a chance to see, but also you get a chance to join into our Diamond Circle. It's a free service, and all you have to do is just sign up. It, uh, it's a couple times a week. We email out to you more content, all that kind of stuff. Very easy to do, and it's free for you guys. If you guys want to reach me, it's out there on Twitter, at Paul Barron. We'll catch you next time right here on TechBath.